The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lee Mod Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lee Mod Williams. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lee Mod Williams on the Voice American Sports Network. Coming to you live from the Toyota Center as the Houston Rockets prepare to play the Chicago Bulls tonight here in a doubleheader on the four-letter network tonight, and I'm excited to be on location. Something new for the show. I normally would do the show from my house and my study, but I'm happy to be here covering, doing two things at once, covering this event and this game tonight for the Rockets, as well as on the network for Voice America. So, like always, I have my co-host, my, my road dog, better known as George. I like to call him G-Man. So, George, welcome back to the show Outside the Huddle. Thanks for having me, Lamont. I'm excited to here you out at the Toyota Center. Hopefully the Rockets can get a win tonight. It's going to be a decrepit Bulls team, but it's going to be a, a pretty good game, I guess. Yeah, it should be a pretty good game. Rockets are back home from a long road trip here. Kevin McHale's returning back to the team after being out for some personal issues. His mom passed away. We want to send our condolences and our thoughts and prayers to the McHale's family, but I'm excited to be back on air, man. I'm just excited here. Got the holiday season rolling around the corner, so let's go ahead and get started uh, with the show, and it's a lot stuff brewing in our, you know, here locally in the city of Houston. We got the Rockets tonight playing the Chicago Bulls, but we cannot forget about the Houston Texans. Right now, I don't know how many games they didn't lost. I want to say 12 or 13, but they're, that, ship, that ship is sinking quite fast there, George. And with the removal, removal of head coach uh, Gary Kubiak, seems like the, the Houston Texans are falling fast and losing last week to the Indianapolis Colts, which is a team they never won at their home place. But before that, George, before we recap that game against the Colts last Sunday, uh, news this week is Ben Tate and starting quarterback Case Keenum is out. Uh, ben Tate is on IR due to the issue, ongoing issue he's been having with his ribs, and now Case Keenum is out as well. So starting with Case, the quarterback, how much uh, impact would that affect their offense, well, the Texans' offense going into – this weekend's game, George? I don't think you can say that it affects it very much. If you have a quarterback whose winning percentage is zero, it can't really affect it that much You're gonna if you've been losing with him. He hasn't won a game since he's been a pro, but everyone around Houston is thinking he's the next Peyton Manning or something. It's, uh, it's kind of a, a weird thing because you look at a guy who's kind of Tim Tebow-esque. At least Tim Tebow was winning, though. Yeah. But uh, he, Case Keenum, he's just like, he... he 
he hasn't won anything, but everybody thinks that he's the, this god. So, but uh, it, it's it's unfortunate because you wanted to kind of see what Case Keenum had because the Texans are going to be looking to move forward with a uh, new quarterback coming up next year, and you want to kind of see what's going to be going on behind the scenes and who's going to be behind that quarterback. But hey, I mean, it gives uh, Matt Schaub to come back, a chance to come back in here step up and uh, try to make a name for himself, maybe give himself some trade value because so, uh, you know he's not going to be here in Houston next year. I think that's a, that's almost a positive no matter what he does in these next two games. So Case Keenum is out, Matt Schaub is in. And I'd like to have seen TJ Yates come in and, and kind of see what they have in him, but you know, you never know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what uh, Wade Phillips has up his sleeve, and we'll have to, to go along with that and see what, what we get on Sunday. Okay, and a couple things you said in that, those, uh, those comments I want to kind of chime in on uh, uh, Matt Schaub, you know, this guy here is getting so many opportunities to, to revamp his career and get a chance to showcase his talent for another team because it's obvious, and you, well, I can agree with you as well, he will not be back for the Houston Texans next season. So him getting the start is a great thing for him and his career. Now, Case Keenum, I, I was never, I mean, for the first part, I mean, for the most part, I, I like his athleticism. I thought he's a, I think he's a guy that can, be a solid backup quarterback. He has a lot of intangibles, but as we see each and every week, the last couple of weeks, Case has not been getting it done from a quarterback, starting quarterback standpoint. T.J. Yates has always been my guy. He's always been the guy that I felt like has the maturity, has the poise, and has the ability to come in and win for this team. I think he got the short end of the stick of this whole deal. Uh, don't forget, he was the guy that took the Texans to the playoffs and won their first ever playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals. So him dressing out finally for a home game and having the opportunity to be able to come in, possibly for Matt Schaub, because Matt Schaub can get off to a bad start. We all know about that. It's exciting. So uh, moving forward and talking about Ben Tate, here's a guy that showed toughness, uh, George, and here's a guy that's been fighting through some rib injuries uh, throughout the last couple of weeks. But right now he has made that decision to take off the remainder of the season and go on IR. Uh, you know, from a running back standpoint, where do you see the Texans improving at, and who do you feel like will be able to step up in this place now that Ben Tay has done? I think that the Texans are running short on running backs. You have Arian Foster, who was out with a back injury. He ended up having to have a back surgery that would place him on IR. And now you have Ben Tate coming up with uh, this rib issue, which is not something that is new. It's been bothering him for a while. But you just don't ever want to re-aggravate that to a point where it becomes a career-long injury that you have to kind of deal with. So Ben Tate's on IR, and then now you have Dennis Johnson stepping up, which he hasn't done a bad job since he's been with the team. He's uh, been getting a few carries with crunch in crunch time uh, alongside Ben Tate in these past few games. So you look at Dennis Johnson, this is his chance, and opportunity to step up and show the Texans that he deserves a roster spot next year. It's funny because we just talked about Matt Schaub, who we guarantee won't be here next year, and now you have Ben Tate, whose contract is up as well, and I can almost guarantee you he won't be here next year. He's he's a starting caliber running back, and he's going to be starting for somebody next year, and I guarantee it won't be the Houston Texans because somebody's going to pay him the big bucks that he deserves to make. But um, 
and, and in his absence, you're going to have uh, Dennis Johnson starting, and you'll have Deji Kareem uh, backing him up. So these two guys are, are definitely grinders, and they're going to be looking to make a name for themselves. Anytime you get an opportunity like this when you're in the NFL, you take it and you run with it because you look at guys who have been either on the practice squad or even sitting at home and not, not being able to play football um, as Deji Kareem was last year whenever the Colts actually picked him up. Um, so you look at those types of guys and they're just trying to get out there and make a name for themselves and that's the perfect opportunity for, for them to do that when you have two cal- starting caliber running backs like Ben Tate and Arian Foster out of the lineup. Yeah, it just it's a, it's a weird thing was taking place for this organization talking about the Houston Texans and you know, kind of let's talk about what, you know, now that the coach game is over and they lost 25-3 I mean, do you find any positives out of that game, losing that bad on the road, not even felt like they had the energy to kind of uh, make an effort to come back in that game? But, you know, let me get your thoughts and your recap on the Houston Texans versus the Colts. Well, I think that the positives that you can draw from it, and I, I, I hate to sound so rude or mean or whatever people may call me for this, but I think the positive you take out of it is that you know Wade Phillips won't be your head coach next year. Um, I think that that's something that a lot of people in Houston – uh, were were fearing or, or weren't wanting was for Wade Phillips to end up being the head coach of this team. And after uh, showing the way that uh, the Texans came out with another 14 penalty game, uh-huh. I think that you have to be excited that, that Wade Phillips is not going to be the head coach and you're going to have a new guy in here with a new mindset. The thing that frustrated me the most about this past week was that Wade Phillips came out and said, you know, I want to make this fun again. I want to, you know, I want to bring life to the team as far as um, not feeling like it has to be so serious. Well, you have a job to do, and you have, you know, you have to go out there each and every day and practice like this is your job. And making it fun and bringing the refs out to practice, I don't think that that helped, and it shows when you have 100, uh, 114 yards, I believe, on 14 penalties. So um, the Texans definitely need to step it up in that category. And, uh, I mean, it's just one of those things. That's the only positive, I guess, you can take out of it because um, you definitely want a new coaching staff and and a new defensive, maybe defensive coordinator here in Houston next year. All right, Derek. Good stuff there by George as well as we try to – well, let me get my quick thoughts on on the game. Uh, I really thought it was lackluster. It was obvious. It showed in the score uh, score box with the score – I mean, the final score, 25-3. However, it just seems like the guy's quitting, man. I, I hate to say this, you know, but it's professional football, but it seems like to me the guys are checked out mentally in the last game showed that it was checked out physically. Losing against the Colts, a team that a rivalry team within the same division, you think that they'd be motivated to come to step up and play hard, but that's not the case. It was not the case against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh give credit to the Indianapolis Colts and their offense. Andrew Luck was able to produce twenty five points for his offense and they was able to play a complete dominant game as a whole team. So, all in all, the Texans are definitely blowing, going to blow up this organization from from a team standpoint, and start from the ground up. And uh, we'll see. They got the. <laughs> it doesn't get any easier now with the, in and out, I'm excuse me with the Denver Broncos coming to town this Sunday. So it's going to be uh, a tough, another tough matchup. For the uh, well, not Case Keenum this week as well. So for the Matt Schaub list or Matt Schaub in the Houston Texans offense, but it looks like it's time for us to take another break or take the first break for the show. And again, I'm coming live to you guys from the Toyota Center as the Houston Rockets kick off their game tonight against the Chicago Bulls 
on the Four Letter Network, and I'm excited to be here. First time for me doing the show from the Toyota Center. So when we come back, George, we'll continue to talk to NFL. We'll go up north, up 45 north, and talk about the Dallas Cowboys as well as the Denver Broncos' loss against the San Diego Chargers. Next, on Outside the Huddle, we'll leave my Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam had the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you're looking for a show that takes you through the process of becoming a successful college athlete, you'll want to tune into Get It Done Sports Radio with host Karif Bird. You'll find out about the how-tos of getting to the next level and the do's and don'ts when preparing for college athletics. It's a complete inside look at what's turning out the next generation of players. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Sports. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice American Sports Network. Coming to you live from the Toyota Center here in Houston, Texas. As the Houston Rockets were prepared to play tonight at a late game against the Chicago Bulls on the four-letter network. And I'm excited to be here. And we're going into the second segment of the show. So, George, let's continue to talk to the NFL and go up north, 45 north, to Dallas and talk about that game against the, the Cowboys versus the Packers. Now, let me get this right. The Cowboys was controlling the game for the first three quarters, George. But for some reason, old Dallas Cowboys in December showed up in the fourth quarter where the Green Bay Packers put up 20 points in the fourth quarter to steal this game on the road, 37-36. to if you're Jared Jones, what would you be thinking right now going into this Sunday's game after losing that 
game at home last week. I'm Jerry Jones. I'm thinking I got to get a general manager in here because I'm obviously not doing a good job at this. The Dallas Cowboys have had a, a lack of, of productive talent, and I don't think it's really the talent on their team so much as it is the nucleus of their team with them being able to get players that gel together. Um, you look at Tony Romo and the fact that he got his new deal, and uh, he just hasn't lived up to the expectations that – uh, Jerry Jones is set for him. You look at a team who was up 26-3 to going into half, and you think, oh, there's no way that the Packers even have a chance to come back in this game. Well, they hold them to 10 second-half points, and they do come back. And Tony Romo did his best Tony Romo impression. There's been a lot of controversy this, this week um, when Jason Garrett came out and said that Tony Romo changed the plays. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things. I, there was 76 plays run in the second half. And you look at that, he couldn't have changed all 76 out of run to pass. And they only ran the ball seven times in the second half. So it's, it's unfortunate because the Dallas Cowboys had such a good lead and they were, they could have taken it by taking the team by storm and, and, and just finished out the game by running the ball. And they decided to, to allow the Green Bay Packers to get another chance to come back in it. And that matched uh, the, the biggest comeback in franchise history for the Green Bay Packers, and they ended up getting the win. Yeah, but if you think about it, though, George, I mean, from a, if you're, you know, Jerry Jones, what do you feel like, who are you most disappointed I mean, with the most? Are you disappointed with the defense, or are you more disappointed with your quarterback play in Tony Romo? I think it's a mixture of both. Honestly, I feel like Jason Garrett has to be on the hot seat um, because you can't be running the ball so effectively in the first half, and in the second half you only run it seven times. That's ridiculous, and that's on the play calling from the coach. Like I said, there were 76 plays run, so Tony Romo couldn't have changed all of those. But I think that you have to be disappointed with the team as a whole and not being able to to produce in the second half the way that they did in the first. The first half, they held the Green Bay Packers to three points. What happened that made them get their 40, I mean, their uh, 34 points in the second half? It's, it's ridiculous. Your defense is definitely part to blame, but your coaching, I think the coaching has a lot to do with that. The Dallas Cowboys defense is really missing Rob Ryan right now, and I don't think that Jerry Jones or the Cowboys appreciated him enough. And you see the job that he's doing with the Saints. So you look at a guy in Jason Garrett who has to be on the hot seat because he's not performing his coach's duties. And if Tony Romo was changing as many plays as he tries to say that he was, then you pull that guy and you put a guy in there who is going to and who is going to make sure that you run the ball when you're up by by uh, 20 points at half, 23 points at half. Okay, but on the flip side, you think about the Green Bay Packers and how they was able to fight back, show resilience throughout the whole game and come back and win that tough one on the road. What is your evaluation of Matt Flynn's performance? Matt Flynn had, Matt Flynn had a great game, and I'm excited to see that because you look at a guy who's been stepping in for Aaron Rodgers, and he needed to have a good game so that this Green Bay Packers team could stay in playoff contention. And with Aaron Rodgers looming to come back within the next few weeks, that gives the Green Bay Packers a great opportunity to make a great run at the end of the season. And you look at a guy who's going to be coming rested in Aaron Rodgers once he gets back. 
and you don't want arrested Aaron Rodgers because arrested Aaron Rodgers is going to get you all at the Super Bowl. Now, I'm not saying that that's necessarily going to happen because they do have to get through the Seahawks if they want to do that. But Matt Flynn has done a stellar job in the absence of Aaron Rodgers, winning two games out of the three um, that he started. And it's just it's a great thing. Uh, I'm excited to see that he's able to put up the numbers that he's putting up. He almost had 300 yards passing, four passing TDs, and no interceptions. So um, when you're that productive, the sky's the limit for your team. And Matt Flynn's doing a stellar job in Aaron Rodgers' absence. Yeah, I thought I thought he played phenomenal. Well, not really phenomenal. I thought he played with poise, and I thought he played with the 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 sense of understanding that they it was now or nothing against the Dallas Cowboys. And they, he, you know, he finished. Up, he got sacked twice, but he finished up with four touchdowns and 299 yards uh, passing ball. Oh, I can't forget this. Got to get your thoughts on Des Bryant. What, what is you saying? How what was going through your mind when you saw Des Bryant storm off the field with less than two minutes to go in the game? It's crazy because Des Bryant reminds me so much of Michael Irving, and he they both played for Dallas and they're they're both good players, but their attitude problem is going to get them in places where they don't want to be. And he came out this week and said that he walked off the field because he didn't want to cry. And to me, I don't care if, if you don't want to cry or not. You go on the field as a team, you walk off of the field as a team. And if I'm Jason Garrett, I don't care that you're Des Bryant. You're going to come into my office, we're going to have a conversation, and if any of these antics continue, you're going to be benched. And I, I hate to say that, but you have to, you have to demand some sort of respect from your players if you're Jason Garrett because right now they're walking all over you and they really don't care. But Des Bryant can't leave the field like that. He's uh, he's one of those players, though, that, that really doesn't care what the media thinks. He doesn't care what the fans think. He just cares about his production on the field and is he getting the ball. And if he's not getting the ball, you'll see him storm off the field or you'll see him in players' faces on the sideline yelling. I think that he's a very motivated guy and he really wants to do well, but his messages don't come across the way that you would want them to as far as, as him being able to get his point across in an effective manner. But Des Bryant can't storm off the field like that. I don't care what the situation is. you got to cry on the field. you got to cry on the field. Yeah, I agree with you. If you're emotionally uh, driven uh, or your emotions are out of control, you got to show that sometimes. Sometimes that passion can, can spark your team. Sometimes that passion needs to be shown to the fans to show that you're that dedicated to the sport. Uh, sometimes Des Bryant can be Des Bryant's worst enemy. He, you know, he can do things sometimes have you shaking your head, but then he can do things to make you shake your head in a positive way on the field where he's dominant. So, and all in all, I just hope that he gets a better understanding what, you know, the magnitude and his position as a player and, and what he brings to this team day in and day out. So I just hope he understands that going forward uh, this Sunday. Yeah, and I was going to tell you guys a stat. It's crazy. Sunday marked the seventh time Tony Romo has thrown a pick in the fourth quarter or overtime with his team tied or leading by one. That's almost twice as many as any quarterback since 2006. He's thrown seven. The closest to him is Ryan Fitzpatrick, Matt Schaub, Chad Henney, and Ben Roethlisberger, all with four. So uh, you can't throw you can't throw interceptions in clutch time, Tony. You got to get in there and you got to make the right decisions. And if you can't get it to the person who needs it, you got to throw the ball away. Yeah, that I, I I agree with you. It just seems like you know things are getting totally out of control right now uh, for the Cowboys and. 
and it's, it's it's sad because he, you know, you constantly got to make excuses. Players got to defend your marquee player and Des Bryant, and it just doesn't make any sense from that standpoint because you know he he's his actions just not does not just affect him; it affects the whole team. And players got to answer for his actions, and that's unfortunate for for, for teams and for players like. Uh, you know, you got guys, that's, you know, really good, solid guys on that team, on the Dallas Cowboys team, and you got to really like Demarcus Ware, Jason Witten. These guys got to answer for the antics that comes from Des Bryant each and every. It seems like every other game is something. Des Bryant's got Des Bryant's got to pick it up. So, uh, moving forward, San Diego versus the Denver Broncos. Now, the Denver Broncos are coming into Houston this Sunday, so we'll preview that game a little bit later. But let's talk more about San Diego and how. This team right now at seven and seven, four and four on the road, you know they to me they look like contenders, man, and they was really fighting on the road against the Denver Broncos in a very tough place to play at this time of the year. Yeah, you look at the Chargers, who at the beginning of the season nobody thought that they were going to be major contenders in this in this matchup or, or in this in this season, and they've really come out and shown that they can contend. Uh, with the best of them, and, and beating the Broncos is a huge thing, especially when you look at the Broncos, who are atop the AFC charts with that number one seed. Um, the Chargers have come out and, and really been explosive under Phillip Rivers, and, and with the new coaching, it's it's great to see that offense really clicking. You have Keenan Allen, the rookie wide receiver, who's who's been dominant, and uh, it, it's it's a great thing to see because you want you want to see teams come out of the blue that are going to be able to be productive and be able to continue to uh, to produce yards. 931 yards this season for Keenan Allen, and uh, his longest is a 43-yarder, and he's had seven touchdowns. So very productive rookie season, and I think that he's going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, if the Chargers can make it into the playoffs. Yeah, let me uh, get your thoughts on Phillip Rivers as a quarterback. What, you know, how would you evaluate his performance on the road against the Denver Broncos? You go into a hostile environment like that, and when you're on the road anytime, it's going to be difficult. But Phillip Rivers has shown time and time again that he can get it done um, in the situation that you think he may not be able to. He only had 166 yards in the game, but he had two passing touchdowns. And, you know, you look at a guy who, who you don't expect to have five touchdown games, four touchdown games, but he's a very productive player. And it's exciting to see him actually get his feet under him this year and be able to continue to be a productive uh, quarterback in the NFL because under North Turner, he, he really wasn't doing as, as much as you thought he could. But now we're, we're really getting to see the Phillip Rivers that we've wanted to see for a while, which is the guy who can go in there and really manage the game properly and get his team into positions to score and into positions to win ball games, and that's what he did. Yeah, outstanding job by Phillip Rivers, who was only one, 166 yards, but most important part, he didn't throw any interceptions. He's a gunslinger. He's a risk taker. He's a guy that would take a chance if you allow him to. But it seems like for some reason now he's starting to settle in with his new coach and he's starting to believe into the offense. And I like his passion, man. He's he's a, one of the ultimate top performers as far as competitive edge and jarring with players in a healthy way, not in the unhealthy way where it hurts his team. But he keeps his team locked in. He's locked in. He's focused. And I, I just, if, as a former player, and if I had a chance to play with him, or I would want a quarterback like him because he's, he's into it, man. I don't know if you saw the fact, saw that highlight when him, he's going back and forth with different players, but I respect that. Yeah, definitely. You always want that 
leader and that commander in the offense and a guy who's really a veteran mentality, has veteran mentality and is able to continue to lead your team to the promised land. And Phillip Rivers is that guy. He's a guy who he doesn't really have to demand respect because it's given to him. So I'm excited to see him play, and I'm excited to see them doing as well as they are. And the Chargers are going to be a team in the coming years that are going to be really effective, and uh, you're going to have to look out for them because the AFC is starting to get a little deep, and the Chargers are going to be one of those contenders here in a few years. Yeah, the playoffs is around the corner. Things are starting to pick up here, and then, and that's the thing. I mean, once it picks up, you want to know who, who can you rely on. And right now it seems like the Chargers are a team that's, Relying on their marquee players, and their marquee players are stepping up big for them. I, I totally impressed what I see. Even though their record say seven and seven, and four and four, but uh, I really like them. Uh, real quick, Denver. You know what? What went wrong for Denver at home against the San Diego Chargers? I think that Peyton Manning and and that offense just had a hard time getting clicking. And then you look at a, a Broncos defense who isn't that that uh, that good either. Um, Peyton Manning, he, I mean, it's not like he had a bad game, but you, when you're Peyton Manning, you have to kind of have those stellar games. You look at the past two games where he's reached almost 400 yards on against Tennessee, and then he, he did have 403 yards against Kansas City. And then this week he comes out and he has 289 yards with only two passing touchdowns. So Peyton Manning, he, he's doing a great job. And by any other quarterback standards, that's a great game. But under Peyton Manning standards, it really wasn't. And, and it's just one of those things that this offense has got to start getting clicking. And, and it's the end of the season. you got the wear and tear on you. But you're in a grind, and you're really looking to seal up that number one seed in the, in the playoffs. And if you can do that, you get you a couple of weeks of rest. So get in there, grind it out. There's only two weeks left. And then you guys can be looking at sitting home in the first round of the playoffs and, and, and really making a, making your uh, making your way through this playoff, hopefully to the season. All right, George, good stuff there. Good segment there. We're just going to wrap up this segment, and it looks like when we come back live from the Toyota Center, we'll jump down and preview this game tonight between the Houston Rockets versus the Chicago Bulls, as well as check in and see what's going on with down south in Miami with the Heat versus the Pacers. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Julie Bueller are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 
12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Continue to come here, continue to have my show live from the Toyota Center tonight as the Rockets, Houston Rockets, prepare to play the Chicago Bulls on the late game on the four-letter network. And, George, let's go ahead and preview this game tonight. You've got the Houston Rockets coming home after a long road trip playing against the Chicago Bulls, uh, injury-prone Chicago Bulls without their leader, Derrick Rhodes. So starting with the visiting team, Chicago Bulls, what are some of the things you expect to see from them tonight in the hostile environment in Toyota Center? I really don't know what to expect from the Bulls because it's it's kind of sad. This time last year, you and I were talking about Derrick Rose and how his injury would affect this team, and now we're back around again, same time again the following year, and once again we're talking about Derrick Rose and his injuries. It sucks because the Bulls would be a very good team if Derrick Rose is at 100% and he's playing to his highest level. But now you have to rely on Luau Dang and Joe Kim Noah to really step it up. And uh, Noah being the, the defensive and the rebounding uh, leader on, their, on this team and then Dang being the scoring leader, I expect to not see a lot of scoring out of the Bulls because the Bulls, I mean, they just haven't been a big scoring team this year. And you look at the Rockets, who are the highest scoring team in the NBA, it's, it's going to be a tough matchup for the Bulls, and I think that the Bulls are going to walk out of here with an L unless the Rockets find a way to lose it. Yeah, the Rockets are a very uh, improved team at home, especially when they have their leader, Kevin McHale, leading them as a coaching standpoint. But uh, we'll, we'll definitely see what comes out. I expect the Rockets to come out. Well, starting with the Bulls, without Derrick Rose, I mean, the guard spot, they have Jimmy Butler playing, and they have Marquise Teal at the point guard. So there's some issues there as far as inconsistency at the point guard position without Derrick Rose. But they have a strong front court. I mean, if they can find a way to get the ball to Lou on Dane, and Carlos Boozer early to kind of get Dwight Howard or Omer Ostrich in some foul trouble, then they can have some uh, inside-out game, work the ball in and work it back out, and possibly get some, some three-pointers from their shoot, from their perimeter guys. Now, George, the Rockets, here's a team that has a lot of potential on there. you got Harding, you got Parsons, you got uh, Terrence Jones. Which guy, in your opinion, will come out to a fast start and lead this club tonight? I think James Harden gets out to a fast start. Um, he's he's just one of those guys. He's your franchise guy now, and he's really come out and, and been the score for the uh, the Houston Rockets. Uh, he averages 24.7 points per game. So you look at a guy who definitely is a threat um, to score. And then you got Chandler Parsons, another very, very good uh 
good player on your team as well, and he he's he's been scoring like a champ as well. So you got you got a good team, and there's a reason why you're the league's top scoring team because you continue to have these players like Chandler Parsons, like Harden, who can come out and really do what they're what they do. And then Dwight Howard really shown improvement on the on on free throws um, this past game, and 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 he's he's one of those guys who helps you out defensively. He's gonna go get up there. Uh, he's averaging, I believe it's 13 rebounds per game. So he's, he's doing a phenomenal job on the board. And he continues to be a force in the Well, George, there you go. I could barely hear. They, they cranking up the music over here, but go ahead, continue. Yeah, and then you then you have Terrence Jones. He's he's another player who's been very effective for the Rockets off off of uh, whenever he's playing. So uh, he's in the power forward position, and he's been doing a great job as well. So you have plenty of pieces to work with here with the Rockets, and then you have to look at the fact that Jeremy Lin is out. I know that he hasn't been as effective as some of your other players, your Patrick Beverleys um, and such, but uh, Jeremy Lin's out with back spasms. Hopefully they get him back. Um, pretty soon, but it, it's definitely a great team, and it, it's cool to see that the Rockets have the ability to 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 put together a team like this. And I I definitely give Daryl Morey his credit for getting this team together, and they're really going to be a force to be reckoned with in the NBA. And I'm I'm excited to see them play. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it take place tonight. It's not just here covering it live at the Toyota Center, but also the fact that the nation gets the chance to see the Houston Rockets team, a team I've been covering quite some time. Jeremy Lin is a guy I expect to come off the bench to make an impact. Aaron Brooks is another guy I expect to come off the bench to make an impact. Um, you know, the, the, the Rockets bench, is, 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 is to me, felt, I felt like has done a, uh, an effective uh, play uh, efficient off the bench. And I thought, I mean, players come in and brought that spark and that energy that is needed uh, from a three-point standpoint to kind of help them in there. Another guy is uh, Francisco Garcia. Uh, he's a guy that's an eight-year vet that's been playing phenomenal uh, for the Houston Rockets as well. Uh, we talked about Jeremy Lin, and, 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 but give me your thoughts on Terrence Jones. Uh, George, what are some things that you see in Terrence Jones that you like? I like the fact that he's a young, feisty player who's going to get in there and really grind it out. Terrence Jones has been one of those guys who can really count on in clutch situations to come in and do his thing. It's, it's, one, of the, it's one of those great uh, aspects of the Rockets team that you have somebody who can come off the bench and really be effective or at a starting position to be effective. Before the season started, he wasn't, he wasn't a starter. So you, you got a guy who took his opportunity and ran with it, and he's really he's really shown why the, the the Rockets can put him in a starting position and continue to allow him to grow as a player. Um, he he's going to be one of those players that continues to get better and better with time, and it's going to be exciting to see. Yeah, he he has a lot of upside to him. I'm talking about Terrence Jones, a guy that can bring that energy, also you know from a starting standpoint. And to me, you know, it's just my thoughts now. To me, it makes uh, with his play stepping up, makes it hard for Omar Austin as far as getting playing time. But, but then again, that gives you know the Rockets a leverage as far as if he want to trade him or not, because Omar has been banging on the table asking for a trade. So, I think Terrence Jones is really taking advantage of this opportunity from a playing standpoint, and uh, now is you know the sky's the limits for this young man. Yeah, and I really don't understand why. Well, I understand why Ashik wants to trade, but you have such a good team, and 
and to really want to get out of that situation, it's it's not beneficial for you because, you know, what's going to end up happening is he'll end up with a team who's one of these bottom feeders for the Rockets to get, you know, a decent pick and a draft out of it. And and Omar Ashik just has to be able to learn that Dwight Howard and he will be a good tandem if they just allow that nucleus to really gel and learn to work together. But, you know, I, I, I haven't ever been a player in, in any of them. Uh, pro sports, so I can't sit here and say that I know what he's feeling. But in my eyes, I can un- I can kind of understand why he's the way that he is because you want to have that playing time, you want to be that starting role, and this has been your dream for your whole life. So you want to be able to go out there night in and night out and be the guy. So uh, I can understand in some ways why Omer Ashik is the way that he is. But they'll get a trade out of him, and I-, I guarantee you that something before the trade deadline is going to happen with Omer Ashik. Yeah, he you know his it's a situation where he was brought in to be the guy, but who knew that, uh, you know, from a big man standpoint, but who knew that that Dwight Howard was going to come in and do what he was going to do, and, you know, the Rockets were going to find a way to get Dwight Howard here for the, you know, in Houston this season, so it's been, you know, he's been patient, but, but at the same time, you can tell that he wants to be back in the game and have an opportunity to compete, because he's a competitor now, I mean, but at the same time, he, had, you know, you got Terrence Jones, a young man that you drafted out of Kentucky, is really stepped up for the Houston Rockets right now too. So his uh, uh, his, his bargaining right now, as far as uh, his opportunity to negotiate where he wants to be, is kind of going on deaf ears right now because uh, the Houston Rockets have found some talent in, in their young man in Terrence Jones, and they found some talent in Dwight Howard. Yeah, definitely, and the Texans have put a uh, together a power team sort of the way that the Heat are in Miami you know uh, Miami's got a great team over there and kind of got their three big guys and the the big three in Miami being Chris Bosh, Wade, uh, Dwayne Wade and uh, LeBron James and then now you have James Harden, Chandler Parsons and Dwight Howard or James Harden, Jeremy Lin and Dwight Howard whoever you want to put but the big three in Houston is going to be something that will be reckoned with. It will be a great thing to see if they can make it to the championship game playing the Miami Heat, really seeing how those two teams go against each other. Yeah, it will be nice to see how, how it all plays out when it's all said and done because uh, the Houston Rockets, in my opinion, is a playoff-type team. will be in the playoffs this season. Just want to see how it fin- finishes up for them uh, going forward, going into next year. But, uh, it's going to be an exciting game tonight. I think it's going to be uh, everybody's going to get what they expected, and I think Ames going to get out to a, a positive start, and I can't wait to see how it takes off here in less than 50 minutes. I'm actually watching Joaquin Noah warm up right now on the on the court, and on the opposite side, it looks like it's Aaron Brooks warming up right now for the Houston Rockets. So things are starting to pick up here in the Toyota Center as people are starting to flood into the stands, and they're getting an action figure doll tonight. I'm talking about James Harden gets the first 3,000 fans into the stadium will get an action figure doll and James Harden and, and uh, just good energy right now good energy in the building yeah it's always nice to have that energy and when you get to play at home in front of your fans who love you and really want to see you win it's always good atmosphere and you're always going to get the best out of your players uh, that energy level is going to be high not only in the stands but also on the court yeah and it seems like it's time for us to take a break they're cranking up the music over here in the Toyota Center so I want to make sure I honor our breaks and pay these bills so let's go ahead and break george and when we come back we'll wrap up the show giving our week 16 nfl predictions next on outside the huddle coming to you live from the toyota center next for lee mont williams and george better known as g-man 
on the network. flagship station for sports voice america sports get ready to talk sports with the big guys tune in to lockdown coverage with keith lewis every tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team the players and what's next it's time to have fun with the game Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. school to the pros we we cover everything everything. let your voice be heard voice america sports you're outside the huddle with lemont williams want a piece of today's action call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144 that's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Leemont Williams on the Voice American Sports Network. Entering the last segment of the show as we come still coming to you live from the Toyota Center as the Houston Rockets prepare to play the Chicago Bulls tonight here on the four-letter network, a late game, and everyone's starting to rally and get into the stadium. So, George, without a Thursday night game from the NFL going into week 16, we jump right into Sunday's game. So the Miami Dolphins will play the Buffalo Bills. Who do you think will win this game and why? I think Miami comes out and wins this game. They had a great game against the Patriots this past week, um, coming out and really shocking the nation by, by giving the, the Patriots a loss. So um, Miami has really, really stepped it up this season under Ryan Tannehill and being able to come out and, and run the ball effectively with Daniel Thomas. So I think that Miami continues uh, their little mini winning streak, I guess you can call it. I think they can, they're going to take it from uh, Buffalo. Uh, even with Buffalo's defense, Mario Williams on the other side, I don't think that they can handle it. So I think that Miami Dolphins take this one, um, and and they prove why they they belong in the NFL. Yeah, I think Miami will win this one on the road. I like what I saw from them last week, upsetting the New England Patriots. I really thought they uh, was a, a team to be reckoned with. I like what I saw from them. And it was outstanding. It was outstanding for them. So uh, to win at home against a tough New England team that's been winning close games the last couple of weeks. 
All right, so you got Miami. You said Miami as well? I can barely hear you. I'm sorry. Yes, sir. Miami Dolphins are going to take okay. that. Okay, you got Miami. I got Miami. Minnesota versus Cincinnati. Who do you think will win this game and why? I think Cincinnati takes this one. Um, you had Adrian Peterson and Toby Gerhardt out last week, and the Minnesota Vikings still show that they have a, a good running game without those two players. But the Cincinnati defense is just too good. Even without Geno Atkins being there, I think that their defensive line will hold that uh, offensive line um, of Minnesota you know, down, and I don't think that the running back is going to be able to get that that momentum that they looked at last week and I think Cincinnati's offense the powerful uh the redhead the red rocket I think is what they call him um and and AJ Green are going to definitely connect uh, against this Minnesota defense who I believe is the second worst in the NFL against the pass so uh you you look at you look at that matchup and you got to pick Cincinnati okay you go on say that one more time I, I see you cut off on the back end who you say who's your final pick for that game you got to go with Cincinnati Okay, you go in Cincinnati. I'm gonna go with Minnesota. I thought Minnesota rallied uh, last week, and, and I like uh, even though without Adrian Peterson, they end up winning the game. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Minnesota as well. I'm gonna go with Minnesota. You go in Cincinnati. You gotta excuse me. The thing's starting to pick up here at the Toyota Center, so I can barely hear you. So I'm gonna just go ahead and keep going. Uh, the Indianapolis Pacers play the Kansas City Chiefs at home. Who do you think will win this game and why? I think the Colts are going to upset the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that the Colts have really come out these these past couple of weeks, and they're really showing why Reggie Wayne is such an important part to this offense. Um, but that being said, T.Y. Hilton has come into his own, and he's become one of these guys who continues to be productive each each week. So I think that the Indianapolis Colts upset the Kansas City Chiefs, and they take one. And uh, they're they're already for sure in the playoffs, so I don't know if they have much to play for because they're definitely not going to get up to that number one seed or number two seed. So, uh, you know, you, you might start seeing the Colts bench a few players. But um, as far as as far as I can see, I think that, that Kansas City is on a, on a downward spiral. I don't think that they're uh, they're going to continue to to be that dominant force that we saw in the beginning of the season. So I'm taking the Indianapolis Colts. All right, you got the Colts. I got, I'm going to go yep. with Kansas City. I think the Kansas City Chiefs will win this one at home. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. We've got about uh, – nine more minutes before we wrap up the show or less. Let's kind of pick up the pace a little bit. I want to make sure we have no time to sign off the show. Tampa Bay versus St. Louis. Who do you think will win this game and why? I think St. Louis takes this one. Their defense has been stellar and uh, St. Louis continues to be a good team on um, at home. So I think that St. Louis takes this one. You got St. Louis winning this? I got, uh, okay, I'm going to go with St. Louis too. I think so. St. Louis will beat Tampa at home. Cleveland Browns versus New York Jets. Who do you think will win this game and why? I think Cleveland wins this game. I think that Geno Smith will probably be out again. I think that Cleveland takes this one. You think Cleveland will take it? I'm going to go with the Jets. I'm going to go with the rookie quarterback, and I'm going to go with uh, the Jets. I think the Jets will win this game. All right, it looks and like Cleveland's a rivalry gonna having, game between the Cleveland's Dallas Cowboys. Cleveland's going to be having uh, Willis McGahee back, too, so he he's cleared to play, and he's looking like he's going to be coming back, so that's another thing you got to think about with that game. But Cleveland will take this all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, with the Jets. So let's go with Dallas versus the Washington Redskins. That's a rivalry game right there in Week 16. Who do you think won this game and why? 
I think you know a little bit about that game <laughs> in Washington yourself. So uh, I, I I feel bad picking against your team, but I have to say it like it is. I think the Dallas Cowboys take this one. I think they get their bearings back, and I think that uh, Jason Garrett gets a hold of this team and, and really tells them they got to follow his rules. And I think Dallas Cowboys take this. You think Cowboys will win this one? Uh, Redskins is just as bad as the Houston Texans, so I'm going to go with the Skins. They'll find a way to pull it out. Maybe RG3 can step up his game and they can win at home, so I'm going to go with the Redskins. Cousins. All right, New Orleans. New Orleans Saints versus Carolina Panthers. Who do you think win this game and why? I think Carolina takes this one. They've been doing pretty well, and New Orleans hasn't been doing too well lately. Uh, Drew Brees, he hasn't been very productive, so I think Carolina takes this one. You think Carolina take this one? I think the yes, Saints. Sir. The Saints fired their kicker this week, so I'm gonna go with the Saints, man. I think the Saints will take this one. All right, all right. We got uh, Tennessee versus Jacksonville. Who you think in a uh, AFC South matchup? Who you think win this game and why? Tennessee, just because Tennessee's they're they're way better than Jacksonville. Jacksonville hasn't been a team since I was young. <laughs> all right, you going with Tennessee? I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go ahead and go with uh, Jacksonville. Why not? They're at home. Go with Jacksonville. Denver versus Houston, game that we're both going to be at uh, on Sunday. Who do you think will win this game and why? I think the Denver Broncos take this one. They're too powerful of a team for the Houston Texans. I think they, they're going to take this one and they're going to they're going to get their, their win. I think that they're going to start to really clinch that one seed in the playoffs and, and really enjoy their bye week. But I think that the Denver Broncos take this one. And uh, they leave the Houston Texans with a 13-game losing streak. All right, as you can tell, the crowd is starting to get in. They got the pregame show going on right now, so you got to excuse all the loud noise in the background. We're coming to you live from the Toyota Center, where the Rockets will play the Chicago Bulls tonight on the Four Letter Network. And kind of, kind of going through these games real quick, George. Let's see here. We got New England versus Baltimore in the late afternoon game. Who do you think will win this game and why? I think New England bounced back from a loss to Miami, and they're going to have to take this one. Uh, they really need this one going into Baltimore, um, and, they, and they, you're going to want to see them be more productive this week. And uh, I think that the New England Patriots take this one, and uh, they, they, they win one on the road. Okay. You got Say that one more time. I couldn't, I couldn't hear the last part. New England, New England, the New England Patriots will take this one on the road. The Baltimore they're, they're Ravens. Jacoby Jones, man, he's getting it done. I'm going to go with Jacoby Jones and the Baltimore Ravens. I've seen them last week. All right, George, last two games before we wrap up the show, the late game, Sunday night game, Chicago Bears versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Who do you think wins this game and why? I think Philadelphia wins it. They're looking to really wrap up a playoff spot. They need this win. I think more than Chicago will need this win. I think that Philadelphia takes this one, and uh, they, they wrap up that, uh, that, that spot in the NFC playoffs. Okay, I'm going with the Bears, and I think Jay Cutler and them, Find a way to get it done on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that seems like they're falling apart uh, from what I saw last week on the, on the sideline, players going at each other. All right, now, one more thing, George. Oh, one more, last game, sorry. The Monday night game, Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons versus San Francisco 49ers on the West Coast. Who do you think will win this game and why? I think San Francisco takes this one. Atlanta has not been hot, Atlanta. This year, and I think that they got they got a lot of work to do. They're going to be a top one of those top round picks. So uh, San Francisco takes this one, and uh, they get them an easy win on Monday night. All right, San Francisco win that one. Yeah, I think so. Too. Atlanta is not playing pretty high right now, and their team is falling apart at the seams too. A team that came into this year with a lot of hope going to the playoffs, and it doesn't look like it right now. So I'm gonna go with the 
the San Francisco 49ers as well. But, George, it looks like it's time for us to kind of wrap up the show. Final thoughts of, of, of this week or, or what you got going on? I definitely want to send uh, my condolences out to Kevin McHale. Um, dealing with the loss of his mother, it has to be hard. And that being in the same year that he lost his daughter as well, that's a strong man fighting through a very difficult situation. You're up there at the uh, stadium tonight, and I think that, uh, that you have to look on that sideline and really congratulate that man for being so strong and being able to, to be out there coaching after the loss of two very important people in his life. So condolences out to him, and uh, I wish him the best in his future endeavors, and uh, I hope that, that they can get that win tonight. Yeah, great point there. That was a good, good comment there to uh, Coach, Coach McHale. Real quick here, we'll wrap up the show. It looks like the in and out Pacers are handling the Miami Heat 72-64. to Are you surprised the Pacers are on the road right now, really handling the Miami Heat with LeBron James in the game? Not really, because the the Pacers have been a team who have been on that fringe uh, for the past year, and I think that they're really one of those teams that are going to start making some noise. So the Pacers are going to be that team that gives the Miami Heat the run for their money, and I think that they're showing them that they're not some pushover team that you're just going to beat. Uh, this Indianapolis Pacers team is, is definitely going to be one to be reckoned with, and they're going to continue to show that they're dominant in that Eastern Conference. All right, well... I couldn't hear anything you said, but all I hear is Beyonce in the background, so that means it's time for us to wrap up the show. So, George, I appreciate you coming on the show, and I want to thank everybody for listening to Outside the Huddle, live from the Toyota Center tonight. And until we meet again next week, have a blessed week. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.